welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank every listener who's tuning in today. We're always so glad to have you with us, and we hope that you have something warm to sip on. We'll be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So, Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? So my thorn for this week is that I had a day of work that went from feeling really nice to downgrading into a flurry of urgent tasks. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) looking back, um, I did have enough time to get done all that was required of me, but the way that I felt throughout that time was pretty detrimental. Um, You know, being glued to a computer screen, leaning in with terrible posture, feeling this overarching sense that something needs to be done like 10 minutes ago. It was all just very unsettling on the whole. Um, But thankfully, a few days later, came to my rose, which was um, a lovely day yesterday of being out and about with my husband. So first I got a new pair of hiking shoes that I've been interested in having for a while. I got to try those out on a trail near one of my favorite small towns. And uh, just, yeah, spent some great time in the outdoors. And then we went back to our favorite bakery that I feel like I talk about <laughs> all the time on this podcast. Um, we lingered over lunch and like a pseudo tea time. Like we got we got our lunch food and then we went back to the counter and like ordered tea and coffee wow. and a sweet to like share. So I, I looked around us and I said, I think no one here has been lo- here longer than we have. Like we <laughs> definitely lingered and it was a lovely time, so... Um, and then continuing the theme of good food and company, we even got to go to dinner with um, Daniel's uh, brother and sister-in-law. And we had Aww. just some fun food at, at this, like, taco and ramen joint. So, like, talk about fusion, tacos and ramen at the same place. It was How did they fuse fun. those things? Oh, just, like, that you, you can choose ramen or tacos. Oh, so they yeah. serve both. Right. Okay. They're, they're not in the same. <laughs> I was like, is it a shell no. made out of noodles? That would be pretty impressive. <laughs> that yeah. would be pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, but I typically, like, I might order some tacos and I, I share some of my husband's ramen because it's just it's so hard to choose so we end up just sharing so that's how it's fusion you just eat both you end up ordering yeah. both because how can you say no to either tacos or you, ramen you can't decide you have right. to say yes that's actually a that. really good business model it is i think so <laughs> well i had an interestingly unthorny week oh. which you know i'll take the blessing why not yeah thornless i am sincerely hoping that this is not simply the calm before the storm mm. <laughs> But I guess we'll see. In the meantime, however, I will take all of the unthorny weeks that I can get. Um, I guess I could say that this year I have quite a bit to look forward to and, and get through, especially in the first six months. And 
it has felt like this January is just moving at a glacial pace. So mm-hmm. that can sort of be my thorn sure. this week. But as for my rose, interestingly, I had a few small roses to choose from this week. But I think I'll settle on a really delightful salmon dinner that I made all by Ooh. myself a few nights ago. <laughs> um, I normally do not have salmon on hand, but we had some in the freezer. And so I just decided to go ahead and use it. And um, I was a little bit nervous since, of course, fish can very, very easily be ruined. But it turned out absolutely beautifully. It was both moist and crispy and sweet and salty and buttery and healthy. And I used my mother-in-law's recipe and it always pleases us so greatly. And I was just really, really happy that I was able to pull it off for myself and both of my... um, my husband and my father-in-law were also very, very pleased. <laughs> so that well was, done. That was a nice rose. That's um, all right, so a couple of things before we move on to our letter. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of, the, upper, in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And also, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com Or if you are on wallflowerjournal.com, you can go to the podcast tab and there is a section where you can fill out your letter there. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay, so let's move on to our letter for today, which is all about whether or not we should take chances and face our fears or stay in our comfort zones. Dear Wallflower, I am really unsure about a decision I have an opportunity to make. A local stage is accepting auditions for Singing in the Rain. I like the storyline and would be comfortable playing someone in it, but I am unsure whether to audition or not. I have bad stage fright, do not memorize lines well, and have no acting background. Chill. (laughs) I love that she wrote chill. On the other hand, my friend is doing it. I have the chance of no speaking lines, like dancing, and could push my memory a little. But I have a lot of fears still. Should I accept this and maybe face my fears big time or just refuse it and be more comfortable? Sincerely and a little worriedly, a Wallflower fan. Hmm. All right, Jessica, so what are your thoughts for our writer today? Yeah, I, I simply love this letter. I, I just It's filled with honest reflections about exciting possibility and potential. And it also hits on a tension so many of us feel quite often. Face my fears or hang back and sit comfortably. Yeah. I can definitely see myself in this letter. Um, both the former stage-frightened self and my current <laughs> and hopefully future self who wants to challenge myself to always be trying new things no matter what stage of life I find myself in. Our writer is essentially asking whether she should go for it and audition for a part in this musical or hang back and not do so. I'm just going to jump right in and say, yes, give it a go. (laughs) I think this is a terrific opportunity for you to try something new, learn skills, do something fun with your friend, and even get comfortable with the stage while not being the center of attention as a character with lines. The only main drawback I can see is that doing so will mean the difficult work of facing her fears. Mm. The initial steps of auditioning will be uncomfortable because the stage fright she mentions. While this will likely lessen over time as she takes opportunities to practice putting herself in front of people, there will probably still be some stage fright in performing, at least initially. 
as someone who has worked through stage fright, I feel hopeful for her because I've come to the other side, you know, having experienced that myself. And just to give a brief example, um, I chickened out of auditioning for a musical when I was in third grade. I was sitting in the front row of chairs waiting for my turn. And when the song before me was partway through, I just got up and ran back to my mom. I wasn't ready. I, I didn't have the skills then to face my fears in that way. But later on in high school, I was belting out solos in choir, even competed in a battle of bands, mm. not to mention regularly leading worship at my church. Um, so stage fright can be overcome. It just takes practice and often an easing into it can help. Um, so my personal example aside, however, all this may feel like a huge drawback for our Wallflower fan, and I want to be sensitive to that. As excited as I may be for her to have this opportunity and to see her seriously considering it, I recognize that it can be really scary even just to consider facing our fears, let alone stepping up to face them head on for real. So I want to take the rest of my portion here to help our writer consider how she can work through and face her fears toward the end goal of auditioning for this musical. And I'll also say that I hope that these pointers can also be helpful to anyone listening who is considering an opportunity that they might have before them that would require facing some fears. I hope you can tailor these to your specific situation. First, how should she prepare for the audition beforehand? Um, I'll say two things about this. First, find out what to expect. Ask your friend or others who have been through this process before, I mean, especially if you know someone who has auditioned for this particular group or this um, stage, what was the process like? Who was in the room during the audition? What was expected or asked of the person auditioning? Managing our expectations can be a significant help. Oftentimes our fears prey on the unknown. Our imaginations take over and fill in the gaps with presumptions that may be unfounded and potentially much more frightening than what you really could reasonably actually have to expect. Second, um, boost your confidence through practice. You mentioned maybe you could get a dancing role with no speaking lines. I'm curious, how do you feel right now about your skills in dancing? Regardless of whether you feel confident or not confident at all or somewhere in between, your confidence and skills would likely benefit from some practice. One suggestion that I have to hone your skills and challenge your brain a little bit, um, which is free, <laughs> is to look for dance tutorials on YouTube to learn dances from other musicals. Try searching your favorite musical titles and, with the words dance tutorial to see what's out there. I've actually come across a few um, when I've just been looking for at-home workout options. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever method you choose to use, find a way to practice that helps you feel confident about your abilities and also confident about how much you would enjoy being part of the musical. I think that fostering that intrinsic motivation of wanting to be part of the show can go a long way in helping you face your fears. Next, how would our writer face her fears in the heat of the moment? Mm. That is, during the audition if she, and if she's in the show. Um, as an actress, I imagine that Kelia may have some more on-point advice about this, but my <laughs> initial in-point, um, input here is threefold. First, reframe your fear. In other words, dispel lies with truth. The fears that prey on us are typically either just blatant lies or cleverly twisted versions of the truth. Mm. So perhaps you have a fear that sounds something like, everyone will think I'm stupid. Um, even if you do end up doing something that may look a bit silly, this is likely blown out of proportion. If there are people watching that will think such cruel things about you, then why would you even care about their good opinion anyway? 
<laughs> Moreover, just because any of us make silly mistakes sometimes doesn't mean that we're stupid. This is harsh vocabulary, and it's not who you are. It's not how God sees you. Some ideas for how to reframe a fear like everyone will think I'm stupid include things like telling yourself, everyone was a beginner once, or if I do something silly, I'll just laugh it off. We all make silly mistakes sometimes. So take some time in preparation to consider what your greatest fears are with regard to the audition and performance, and find ways to dismantle those lies while choosing truths to put in their place and dwell on instead. Mm-hmm. Second, um, do the audition and the por- performance for yourself. Do those things for yourself. And more importantly, if you're a believer, do it for God. This idea of an audience of one can be helpful in taking your focus off of those who are watching you and help you both to perform at your best and to delight in the process of doing so. And then third, I would say focus on the thing that you're doing. Rather than focusing on the audition or the outcome, focus on just doing the thing that you're doing, as if you were at home, alone in your room, dancing or singing or whatever. I have found over the years that I've often failed to sing an audition for a solo like I knew I was capable of doing. (laughs) I would feel deflated knowing I had nailed it when simply driving around in my car, you know, singing by myself, but I would, you know, kind of freeze up in in front of people who were sitting there with clipboards listening to me or something like that, you know? Uh, So it's just something about being alone that removes inhibitions and enables us to do our best. But then when we focus on what others are expecting of us or thinking of us, it's like we forget how to do the thing that we can do so well. Like the student up in front of the class shaking in fear when she tries to deliver her public speaking assignment, fear can paralyze us, but it doesn't have to. In addition to the work of reframing with truths um, that dispel the lies and doing the audition for an audience of one, focus on just doing the thing you're doing, doing your best to put your mind to, um, put out of your mind the fact that you're even auditioning in the first place. And just Note that this may take a moment or two of a calming breathing, of closing your eyes to focus, maybe a a brief prayer. Know that you can take that for yourself. When you're invited to begin when you're ready at an audition, count this calming or refocusing time as the start of it. Don't begin until you have placed your focus on what you're doing rather than those who are watching or the outcome. Our wallflower fan Thank you for sending in this question, and I hope that this advice will help you move toward this opportunity with excitement and that your worries can subside as you find the courage to step out and give this audition a try. I absolutely loved your point about um, performing for an audience of one. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll get into my personal story with auditioning in just a, a moment, but the auditions that have gone well for me, I've done so many over the years. And the ones that have gone well, and I've auditioned for professional, you know, Broadway um, people in real uh, Broadway buildings where the people before you are just absolutely incredible and you can hear them crystal clear and you go, oh, wow, I have to go in there right after that. Okay. But the ones that have gone the best for me were when I thought of myself as an audience of one and I said, you know what? I get to just share this gift. Mm. God has given me some kind of gift here and I get to share it. I get to create an, a something, this piece of art in a mm-hmm. sense that is only going to exist once. And these people get to be in the room with me while I do it. It's a cool perspective. And it's really, really fun when you see it that way. It really is. Um, 
So I'm going to get into my uh, bit of advice by saying that I completely understand our writers' anxieties. I also have dealt with pretty bad stage fright. I used to sing in vocal competitions, and while I practiced in the shower, I was a superstar. I could, <laughs> I could belt it out, Aren't we all? <laughs> reach all of the notes, do all of the fancy vocal turns, and then it came time to do any of that in front of an audience, whether it be one person or 300 people. Mm. And the first time I performed in front of an audience, I was a little bit nervous, but I was not that nervous. And somehow, though, over the years, my stage fright got worse and worse to the point where it was absolutely debilitating. And at my worst, my hands would turn so sweaty. My heart would be beating so hard, I felt it in my throat. My legs would literally shake. I'm not joking. Hmm. (laughs) I didn't hit any of the notes well. I even cracked once. I still remember it. I'm going to tell a little story to, in, to illustrate just how bad my stage fright ended up becoming, and then I'll talk about why it became that bad. Hmm. Once I was a part of this summer vocal program where we were all expected to perform in a recital at the end of the program, and of course everyone else was excited. The girls put on their fancy dresses and the boys their tuxes, and they couldn't wait to show everyone else what they had been working on during the course. But me, on the other hand... I could not bring myself to get up in front of my peers and sing, so I lied. I told the instructor that my tire blew out and I wouldn't be able to make it. And I still regret that decision to this day. And so every time I would have to perform in front front of an audience again, I would get further and further into this cycle of, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm too scared. And the more that I listened to that voice, The more that I allowed my anxiety to have the last say and my fear to have power over what I did, the more it became true that I couldn't do it. Because I had never really challenged myself to actually overcome this fear by allowing myself to fail Hmm. and to get back up again and then maybe fail again and then get back up again and keep trying. I was so perfectionistic that I had never actually confronted my fear and I kept on allowing it to rule what I did instead of ever trying to overcome it. And I say all this because our writer is understandably nervous about performing in front of an audience. She has fears about being able to memorize and dancing and singing and she asks if it's better to face this fear or if she should stay in her comfort zone. And I think that any time we have the opportunity to conquer a fear or to quell an anxiety, we should take it. Hmm. Whether or not our writer wants to pursue performance as a career or is simply looking for something fun to do, I think it's worth it to push herself and stand up to her fear. Because the way we we handle smaller fears and little anxieties trains us for how we're going to handle the bigger, more weighty, even scarier, or more risky challenges in life. When we allow ourselves to stay comfortable for the small things we face, we'll inevitably choose to stay comfortable for the more difficult things we face when we should have pushed ourselves instead. So by training ourselves to take smaller risks, we'll be better equipped to take bigger risks. And I think, as our writer expressed, she would have a friend in the show as well and the chance of having no lines. So this is 
a great risk to train herself with because it's not that big of a risk. Just risky enough that she feels challenged. Mm. So I'm going to get into a few practical tips now, both for auditioning and just performing, because our writer said she was mostly worried about memorizing and the fact that she hasn't acted before. And as someone who's got experience with both of those things, here is some of my best advice. When it comes to memorizing, for me, it's all about repetition. There was a time when every week I would be memorizing new songs that were in totally different languages that I did not speak. Or scenes that were 15 minutes long. And what it always came down to was reading the material over and over and over again. And then breaking it down into small chunks that I would rehearse until I got that chunk perfectly. Then I would add another chunk onto the one that I had just learned. Until I had the entire scene or monologue or song memorized. I, I really wish there was a faster trick, but really it was just about spending time with the material. So I definitely advise, if you choose to audition, doing this with the material that you're going to be auditioning with. And if you get a, ro- a role, which, woohoo, do that <laughs> with your material there too. Now, as far as our writer's lack of acting experience goes, I will say this. You already have experience being a person. And the good news is that acting is just acting like a person. This is a little bit oversimplified, but my point is that when you're new to something, you can't overthink it too much mm. or you're, you're going to scare yourself out of ever trying. If you do end up getting lines, just be creative. Say them a few different ways and see what you like. Rehearse with your friend. Ask her to give you some pointers. This could be a great bonding experience for you both. And if you don't get lines, you can still have a lot of fun. Come up with a character for yourself. Give her a name. <laughs> A job, a few hobbies. This is what I did whenever I got ensemble parts. I was like, all right, well, I'm building a character myself. I'm not woman number three. Exactly. I'm Sheila. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. I don't know. Um, think about how she would walk around or how she would stand or laugh. And it's honestly pretty fun when you get to explore a new character and step outside of yourself for a while. And that actually opens up the door for you to say, I'm not nervous because I'm Sheila right now. That's right. And Sheila's not nervous. Yeah, Sheila wouldn't be nervous. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it sounds scary to delve into something like acting for the first time, but I promise you, it's actually pretty freeing. And when you allow yourself to simply play and have fun with it, you'll have the best time. And with all of that said, I think our writer, should she choose to audition will look back on this production very fondly one day. There is something really, really special about live theater, and there's something even more special about getting to be a part of making a story come to life. And I look back on all the musicals that I've been in, and I really, really miss that energy. I have confidence that our writer will end up really enjoying herself, and might even audition for the next musical that they put on. So, to our writer, best of luck with your audition. We both really, really hope you go for it. Agreed. All right, so it's the time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So, Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? 
My suggestion is something I've been wearing. Okay. Um, and in light of my rose, too, um, talking about new hiking shoes, I'm going to recommend the brand Zero Shoes. That's Zero with an X. X-E-R-O. So hmm. these shoes have minimal soles and a bit more room for your toes, so they're fantastic for balance, for posture, and for your overall health. Um, our chiropractor actually recommended them. And um, I have... Um, like a pair that's more like good for work and going out on the town, like more, I don't know, just like a regular kind of fall or winter boot sort of style. And then I have a pair of winter boots and now these, these hiking shoes. So if you hop out of their website, if you're interested, you can find yourself thinking that eh, they might look a little pricey, but I do encourage you to see your purchase if you're interested as an investment in both your present and long-term health and comfort. And um, they sometimes go on sale from time to time. So you can keep your eye out for that. And, um, yeah, like the, they're, they've been uh, terrific for our balance. I feel like, um, my, my feet and my legs and my, my body just in general feel so much better when I'm, when I'm wearing these shoes. And my husband had had some ankle pain from just being on his feet so much, um, working and it has really helped like his ankle and foot and leg pain to go away, which is terrific. Um, yeah, so maybe consider look, taking a look at zero shoes. And if you're maybe a dancer, maybe there's something that's suitable <laughs> for a dancer. Mm. You never know. You know, I do think there are, I'm really not someone that likes to spend money on new things, but there are some things that are just worth spending that little bit of extra money on. Mm -hmm. Jeans are one thing. Mm. Shoes are another. Yeah. And when they're well-made and you can use mm -hmm. that, you know, they're just terrific. You, you wear them until, you know, they fall off your feet and then you exactly. get another pain. <laughs> but it's going to be a while until they fall off your exactly. feet. Exactly. If you get one of those, because trust me, I've done this so many times. If you get one of those like $20, $30 pair of um, boots or something, pairs of boots, they will be dead in about a year. You get like, you get like one or two seasons out of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. This week I'm suggesting... Because of our letter, of course, the movie Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Okay. I was very inspired when I read this letter. And I was also surprised at how long it had been since I had seen this movie mm -hmm. or even thought about it. And while I am sure many people listening have seen it at least once, my guess is that it's probably also been a little while since you last saw it. And for those who haven't seen it... It's a classic movie musical from the 1950s about... Um, old Hollywood's transition from silent movies to talkies. And it has Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connor, who I just absolutely adored because he made me laugh so much. <laughs> um, and it's just the most delightful movie. And I have so many memories of watching it probably hundreds of times as a kid. And in my opinion, there really hasn't been anything quite like it since. So check it out, whether you've seen it already, but it's been a while, or you've never seen it. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners get in contact with you and find you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, 
you can send your letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.